Business Tech Weekly podcast episode number 62. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. And we're here on a weekly basis bringing you the latest and greatest in all news around the world when it comes to technology and your business, your small to medium-sized business. It is our goal, our desire to share with you the things that we are using and learning about that makes our lives more productive, more efficient, and even more profitable in our business Oh, yeah. Anyway, folks, we are here. Happy New Year's to everyone out there, uh, whether it is before the turn of this new decade or uh, you're already well into it. Uh, we just wish you a very happy and prosperous 2011. And uh, we got to start things off today, Andy, with an important critical note that I think should be at the top of the show. Do it. My friends, we all know that if you are smart in your business, uh, no, actually that's wrong because there's, there's lots of other opportunities and options out there. But we know that uh, I would say that an overwhelming majority, an overwhelming majority of everybody listening to this episode of Business Tech Weekly probably uses WordPress at one, for one thing or another. Or, like me, has, uh, I don't know, I think I just updated seven WordPress installations in the last 15 minutes. Uh, But anyway, WordPress has a brand new critical security update that you need to update and patch ASAP. In fact, if you're listening to this in the live stream, uh, go ahead and do that while we're recording the show. You can open up another tab and do that. If you're listening to this uh, while while you're driving or whatever, uh, see if you can't log in via your 3G on your iPhone or your Android and, and see if you can't get into the dashboard and click the button and upgrade that baby. Uh, from what I understand, this thing must be pretty important because because Matt Mullenweg not just put out a security blog post, but he sent out an email to everybody. Yeah, I was like, who's this Matt? Wait, that sounds familiar. Oh, he's Mr. WordPress. Yeah, and, and that's I'll, I'll tell you what, out of all the times, I mean, I've been I've been a WordPress user for ever <laughs> ever since WordPress first came out, and this is the first time I ever received an email that says, uh, "Dude, uh, yeah, we found something that we needed to patch and uh you should probably go do that now." <laughs> and in matter of fact, he says, "This one warrants you putting your eggnog down." so so and i will tell you what now um the last time i heard about one of these critical ones um there there wasn't an email and man the the twitter sphere and facebook sphere and the linkedin sphere (laughs) you know the social network sphere all those circles um, all those spheres and circles and cylinders and all that stuff it was a buzzing with people who got hacked and whacked Mm. And, wow. and 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 slapped and, and anyway i'll run out of rhyming words but so go upgrade your wordpress that's all i'm saying i i think i, na- I made a big enough deal about it i i heard you loud and clear chief <laughs> so if you didn't get it uh go upgrade your wordpress okay Shh, i got a secret I got it's not a secret. a secret all right so uh andy we did uh we've got some audio today don't we we got lots of audio so you don't have to listen to our yapping we got some other yapping. 
We so. got some we got some other yapping. In fact, we're going to start things off. Um want to say thank you to Stephen Cross. Everybody out there probably has heard that name at least once uh, listening to the show. Talked to him today. Did you really? Yeah, he helped me test out uh, the new uh, Skype video chat. Ah, dude, he didn't call me. Oh, wait, I've been recording podcasts all day. Call him. I called him. <laughs> you called him. Okay. Anyway, Stephen's a great friend of ours and a wonderful member of the GSPN.TV community and, and just a huge blessing to me personally. And uh, he connected me with somebody that he is acquainted with. His name is Eric Weiner, and he has a business called Continental Cookies. And uh, I got on the phone with him. Uh, uh, Stephen asked me if I'd be interested in talking with him to get uh, a, um, a hands-on review of the Square Up device. Remember yeah. the Square device we talked about? Yeah, heck it's, yeah. Well, anyway, check this out. For the next 10 minutes, you do not have to hear Cliff Ravenscraft. And unfortunately, you're going to have to deal without hearing Andy's lovely voice for the next 10 minutes. Bye, folks. It's been fun. But uh, we'll be back in 10 minutes, 10 and, minutes three and three seconds. seconds. And uh, here is the little interview I did with Eric. So don't update your WordPress, people. Here we go. Yes. Take the next 10 minutes while you're listening to this in the background and upgrade your WordPress. Well, everybody, I have on the line with me right now, Eric Weiner from ContinentalCookies.com. Eric, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing very good. A good mutual friend of ours uh, connected us, uh, Stephen Cross, great friend and member of the GSPN.TV community, told me that I might be interested in talking to you because you're using something that we've talked about in the past but never have personally put our hands on. And this is a point of sale credit card accepting device that you could use in your business provided that your customers are with you face-to-face. So why don't you tell us what this product is and how you first heard about it? Sure. I I first uh, heard about Square uh, in a New York Times article about four months ago, uh, and it was actually before I had even considered uh, opening a retail store. Uh, The device was a way for uh, small businesses and individuals to uh, accept credit cards using either an iPad, an iPhone, or a Droid. And uh, about six weeks ago when I decided to open this store uh, initially for the holidays and now year-round, even though I had a pre-existing credit card processing account through a previous business, after doing a little bit of research and planning, I found that using the SquareUp app on an iPad made the most sense for the business I was going to open. What, if any, skepticism did you have about a device that plugs into the headphones jack of an iPad and using that for your business? Well, I'm pretty pretty quick to embrace uh, technology and change, so I probably wasn't as skeptical as a lot of other people may be. But a couple of things that I was skeptical about is that, um, you know, reading about uh, some of the uh, user issues. One was that if you charge more than $1,000 a week, Square holds some of that processing for a month before they release it until you've established a track record of, of not having chargebacks and problems. Uh, that was a little bit of a concern. Uh, the secondary concern for me was that you know, in researching it, um, not unlike a lot of, of newer companies, it was impossible to actually call or talk to anybody. And, you know, any questions I had, you know, I had to rely on, um, you know, online forums or, or what was posted on their website. And, you know, even though I'm quick to embrace technology, I'm also, you know, still, you know, enjoy the idea of actually talking to a person and being able to answer questions. But having said that, you know, the idea that, 
it was a free app and it was a, and the charging device and the swipe device were free. It was easy to make the commitment and then, you know, learn as I went along and decide that if it didn't work, it would be easy to switch to a different credit card processor because there was no upfront cost on it. So you got this device, you know, even though there is no telephone customer support, you know, there's the potential that some people are complaining that they're, they might hold onto your money if there's over a thousand dollars, but you got this device. When you got it, what when and you opened it up? What what did you think when you first fired the thing up the first time? Were you impressed? Overwhelmed? What what was your thoughts? No, I, it was great. I mean, the the process of actually signing up for the app and downloading the app is you know I actually purchased an iPad for this express purpose to use as our our you know for lack of you know as our cash register in the store. Uh, I downloaded the app quickly and easily. I signed up for the account quickly and easily. And virtually instantly, I was able to start taking credit cards by typing them in manually. Uh, and within 10 days, I received the, uh, you know, the plug-in device for the actual sw- uh, swiping. Um, and as soon as I received the confirmation email confirming the um, checking account that I was linking it to, the money started coming into the account. So in terms of, you know, even imagining someone that wants to have a garage sale in three weeks, being able to set this up, and start processing credit cards quickly, you know, you're able to even manually enter credit cards before they even send you the uh, swipe device, which made it uh, quick, easy, and efficient to get started. Big thing here is there are no monthly minimum fee, there are monthly minimum amounts that you have to adhere to, correct, for charges? Nothing. It's a simple um, percent per swipe, a slightly higher percent if you key it in instead of swipe it, and then a 15 cents per transaction, which... Uh, makes it ideal for a startup company or for an individual or or for someone that's not going to be doing a lot of credit card charging. Excellent. So that that so basically the the thing here there are no monthly fees. There are no monthly minimums. There's no need to go out and get a merchant account. Any standard checking account will work. And basically, you pay fifteen cents per transaction, and then you're looking depending on whether you key it in or swipe. You're looking somewhere about if I remember looking at this a long time ago, right around three to four and a half percent. Yeah, I think it runs between three point two five and three point seven five. Do they have a different charge for American Express versus Visa MasterCard? It's all the same. Excellent, excellent. Because I know that that's a big thing for for a lot of them is is sometimes you get those uh, specialty cards and corporate cards and they charge those higher rates. Correct. How, how long would you say it takes to process a payment? You know, it's there. We've experienced a few different things since we've actually um, you know downloaded the app and, and started using it. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed is that during peak hours, for instance, on a Saturday afternoon when a lot of other people are uh, using the device you can see that the process time takes longer. Um, you know, for instance, you know, on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., the whole transaction might take 18 to 20 seconds uh, from the time you swipe the card to the um, to the customer signing with their finger to processing the charge. You know, we found that that time can delay up to 40 or 50 or 60 seconds during what seems to be a peak hour when a lot of people are using it. Have you ever experienced a time when the service was unavailable, when you had a customer there that wanted to pay? No, I, I, you know, we've had a, a couple of um, situations where we have accidentally logged out of our account by hitting the wrong button and we have to log back in, uh, but we haven't found any timeout issues or, or disconnect issues. That's actually been pretty reliable. It's just a matter of how long the uh, transaction process time is. 
one of the reasons why I did not pursue this any further. I have the application sitting here in my iTunes. Um, I don't think I ever did get, they never did send me the, the device. I don't know if I maybe missed a step there, but, uh, I remember contacting them via email or via Twitter and I got a response saying, uh, unless you're there face to face, we don't want you using this, uh, device. So that's why I didn't pursue it any further because the majority of all of my clients are going to be all over the United States and if not around the world. And uh, to be able to take their card face to face is not going to be possible. And they said that they did not, they definitely did not want me to take a card um, via the phone. For you, most all of your payments, or actually all your payments are done face to face transactions then. And this is working out for you. Now, I've heard that you had a story about going somewhere off of your own uh, brick and mortar, out of your own brick and mortar store. Yeah, well, I, I think that from, um, from an standpoint of what we wanted to accomplish with this uh while the store was being built out it took an extra couple of weeks so i got into the habit of you know just traveling with some cookie samples everywhere i went which meant to starbucks and to the gym and to panera after the gym and you know there were two or three occasions where people would you know sample a cookie somewhere where i was and then they'd say gosh these are delicious when's the store opening and i'd say well it's a couple weeks away and they say, well, you know, is there any way to buy the cookies now? And I'd say, actually, there are. You know, I have cookies in the trunk. You're welcome to come look at some prepackaged cookies. And I have my iPad with me, and we can take cash or credit card and, and ring up the sale wherever I am, which is one of the reasons that I, I initially went with, with Square to start with, was the idea is that even though we're in a bricks-and-mortar store, I'm expecting a lot of our winter and off-peak revenue to come from um, attending and exhibiting at things like flower shows and home shows and auto shows, you know, where there's a lot of volume of uh, public uh, attendees where we can sample cookies and then sell them. And the idea that we can just take our cash register with us wherever we go, um, you know, makes it a pretty, um, pretty appealing uh, piece of software. So I'm assuming then that the iPad that you have is the 3G iPad with the wireless connectivity that, that goes with you everywhere. Uh, we actually, yeah, we we've got we have a uh, iPad that we bought through Verizon with a uh, MiFi. Um, oh, okay. So it's even nicer because it gives us the ability, you know, if we're attending a show like that, to also bring a laptop or two and, and do some work in between high traffic areas. So I found that it's it's a much better and more reliable um, way to go. Excellent. Well, you know, I did not even know that this ahead of time, and this is actually good information because um, I heard a lot of speculation about the Verizon MiFi device with the iPad that they were actually locking in that device to where only the iPad could dial into it. But you're saying that they don't have that locked in. They do not. It's up to five devices at a time, which is uh, nice. I mean, someone could theoretically run their home network off of it if they wanted to. Yeah, very good. Well, Eric, I really appreciate this. Did you want to share anything else about the uh, the device? Uh, would you recommend this highly to people who have uh, face-to-face transactions? I, I would recommend it highly to, to companies that are starting out or companies that are going to be mobile. You know, I, I'm now looking at it in terms of, um, you know, long-term as we grow. I think it'll be a great device to continue to use it at, for mobile applications. It's not quite robust enough for a bricks-and-mortar store that's going to do a lot of volume. There's no inventory control. You know, there's some pricing limitations. But in terms of a great way to get your foot in the door and processing credit cards and starting out, I, I recommend it very highly. Very good. Well, thank you for the time. And where can people find you online? Uh, we're at uh, continentalcookies.com. Uh, we have retail stores in uh, New Jersey and West Warwick, but we, um, we ship nationwide through our website and uh, the cookies look and taste wonderfully. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. And we're back. Hey. 
So that was a great interview. Um, I, well, listen to me. Ah, I did a really good job. Back myself up. No, seriously. Uh, uh, Cliff. What? That was a really good interview. <laughs> no, I, I, what I'm I meant by that. I'm not biased. It really was. <laughs> I didn't mean it to come out that way. No, Whatever. great information is what I meant. It was, it was great to have the interview. And I, w- I really wasn't trying to pat myself on the back, I promise. But uh, right. seriously, though, um, I, was, I was glad to get that information. It, it sounds like the Square device is, is a neat uh, way of doing some credit card transactions if, if you know, the circumstances are just right. So, Yeah, it's amazing the amount of marketing. I mean, I, that, that device, I think, has gotten a ton of press, meaning mm-hmm. free advertising. But for all of it, you know, the thing I'll remember is uh, a buddy of Stevens <laughs> that used it and said, yeah, it works. I mean, it's just, it shows, it reminds me, and hopefully our listeners, of the power of a testimonial. Exactly, you know? exactly. And, and and of course, you know, I, I would be more apt to actually give this thing a try based upon the information of somebody else who's had that success, so... Very, very yeah. cool stuff. All right. Well, we're going to move along. We've got a lot of uh, listener feedback that's been building up here. And uh, this call came in from Wayne a couple weeks ago. And I think we'll be, I'm not sure what information we're going to give him, but let's go ahead and play the question. Wayne, take it away. Hey, Cliff and Andy. Wayne Henderson here calling in for the Business Tech Weekly podcast, uh, calling in uh, from Southern California and love the BTW podcast. And what I wanted to call in for, and I'd like to get both of your opinions on this. I know in the past, Cliff, you've talked about how um, Ravenscraft, you know, your company is an LLC. But you also mentioned, I think, on one episode of one of your shows that you also have like an S-Corp, uh, maybe a sub-filing. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what's the advantage of having that S-Corp part of it um, added on to the LLC and I know that, you know, for everybody, everybody's needs and everybody's uh, state, wherever we live, it's going to probably be a little bit different. But I'm just curious about your opinion. And, Andy, if you're willing to, to share how you're set up, if you have some opinions and thoughts, I'd love to hear them as well because uh, I've got some ideas. Thanks, guys. He's got ideas. I think, Andy, you're set up as an illegal immigrant uh, status, aren't you? Si. Si, senor. <laughs> yeah, it... Uh... Yeah, you know, you know that reminds me of What's that, that? Who's the guy? The the dog guy, Caesar. The you know dog? what I'm talking about? No. He's like he's like he's like the king of all dogs. He he's a dog trainer for uh uh Will Smith and his wife. Anyway. Oh, okay. Anyway, his name's Caesar. Um everyone in the chat room is gonna know who I'm talking about. But anyway, he's on the <laughs> legal Everybody but Cliff will know. Cliff. Uh anyway, he has his own like reality show and stuff. But anyway, he's an illegal immigrant. Is but it? now he's legal, apparently. Because they're like, how'd you get here? He's like, I swam across the river. He's like, huge American, huge American Caesar Milan. Thank you. He's a huge American success story. Uh, I am not a legal immigrant, but um, I... Uh, You're not an illegal. Let's just make yeah. sure. Because you said that really fast. I said... Oh, sorry. I am not. You know, hopefully the, the authorities have better things to do than listen to Business Tech Weekly. But, I don't know. They um, listen pretty close. They do. They do. Hello. Um, you know, I don't... To be dead honest, I don't really feel comfortable at all giving advice on this topic for this reason. Uh, exactly what he said is by state, by, you know, state to state and business to business. I mean, these are just huge decisions that I think people need to sit down with someone that has far more uh, knowledge than I do of their specific state and business type to to make one on because it just sounds like it's just such a huge decision 
um, based on you know your company and your company growing and um, liabilities and things like that. I mean, it's just you know I, I don't I, I really just don't have anything to offer other than to say I don't I don't think you should talk to me about it. So maybe that's a total cop out. But that is a got- total cop out. No, seriously. Obviously, we don't want to. We are we're not here to give advice in this area. But but okay provided that we give everybody a warning we know nothing about this stuff really honestly i mean we're not cpas in fact that's that's what if i'm going to give you advice i'm going to tell you to go to a trained certified public accountant and 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 speak to other people get some advice from professionals who do this stuff but are you willing to share if you're an llc or are you a sole proprietor or you're a corporation i'm sole you're you're a sole man so I'll tell you, I will say this, and, and this is, again, I'm not going to tell you specifically what to do, but I will say this, um, you know, I know people that are in situations now that they didn't, uh, they didn't have the right agreements with business partners because they just assumed things would always be okay. They didn't set things up because they just assumed I won't have liability. And, you know, it, you know, maybe thought, oh, I'll always be, I'll always be, um, you know, local, so I don't have to worry about getting coverage on my car for when I travel or whatever. I mean, I'm never going to be on site, yada, yada. And there's that one time when you're on site or someone stops by your office and you didn't have an office before and they, you know, something falls on them, they get hurt. It's like, where's the liability? And you just don't, those are things you don't think about when you're starting your business because you just want to just start helping, serving people. But those are, it's just conversations worth having. Mm-hmm. Because, and my point is your business is likely to evolve and change. And so just because you had it set up the first time, the first way, don't assume that in 2011 it needs to stay that way. Maybe you need to change the way you're set up yeah. or what insurance you have. You know, I mean, I got all my business equipment insured separate from my homeowners uh, on a separate policy, all my computers and things like that from hardware damage. Um, so those are just, just anyway, that's all. all, that's right. all I, what do you got, Cliff? Well, uh, you didn't answer the question. So are you really sole proprietor? Is that how you set up? I am currently. Okay, cool. I, I but it's something I will, I mean, I'll, I'm, a, I'm looking at 2011. Of, I'm working on a lot of systems right now for 2011, and that's something I will likely revisit with a local person. Sure, absolutely. Um, now, when I set my business up, I had you know 90 days to, to kind of, from the day that I made the decision that I'm going to go out and start my own career in podcasting, do this full time, to the time that I officially launched my business, uh, I had 90 days. And so during that time, I did a lot of studying, did a lot of reading up. I went and got a lot of advice from a bunch of people. And I ultimately went with the advice of my certified public accountant, my CPA. And uh, he, he recommended that I set up an LLC and he helped me. Actually, no, I set all, I did everything myself to set up the LLC. I didn't have any capital to start my business at all, uh, which I probably would not recommend to anybody out there, by the way, starting without any capital. But anyway, I started with no capital. And so I, I did everything on a shoestring budget. But I, I did. I, I went to the Small Business Administration for the state of Kentucky. And I, I made sure I dotted all my I's, crossed all my T's. I made sure it was all done correctly. I went to the state treasurer, the you know the the guy who's in charge of all this stuff, and filled out all the appropriate forms. I, I mean, I I literally double, tripled, and even quadruple checked everything to make sure I was doing it all right. So I set myself up as an LLC, Limited Liability Corporation, and I can tell you the benefit of the LLC, or at least what I read about the benefit. And again, understand this: I am not a professional in this area. 
Uh, and, and what I'm giving to you is just secondhand information that I kind of picked up on as I did this. And again, do not follow this as advice. I'm just telling you what I think that I've learned. And I could be absolutely 100% completely wrong. But from what I understand is that if I were to do something in my business, let's say my my podcasting, uh, for example, and I were to say, you know, Andy Traub is an illegal immigrant. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, uh, Andy and his wife and his family are all deported back to Mexico. Um, and, and he sues me for, you know, defamation of character or whatever this other stuff is. Or let's just say I, I set up Andy's website. And he starts his business and on the day of its launch, it completely fails and it was all my fault. And he sues me and, and, and says I did it all maliciously because I didn't like the fact that he was an illegal immigrant and I paid taxes. You pull uh, a Zuckerberg and you, you know, you take my idea and you run with it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so these things, you know, if, if I were to, if I were to get sued and I was a sole proprietor, um, everything I do is, is on behalf of me. You know, I am the legal entity. And so therefore all of my assets, including the home that I own, the cars that I own, and my my bank accounts, my pension, I mean, all that stuff, it, those are all my assets, and I am the legal entity responsible for doing, conducting business. So therefore, I could, I could, uh, yes, I, I'll get back to that, David. Thank you very much. And again, I, I appreciate the fact-checking uh, um, people here in the chat, chat room. But anyway, the, the fact is, is that I would be responsible legally for anything that I do on behalf of my business as a sole proprietor. And so if you sue me and you win, you could, I could potentially have to put my house up, you know, and sell it and, and, and yeah. lose all my savings and everything. Now, a limited liability company uh, gives me the, it, basically what it does is it, it, it creates this, an entity that has its own, you know that it that it the bent the business actually becomes an entity is mm-hmm. is the way that i understand it and so that the company has assets not me personally but the company and so i actually have to pay myself as an employee of that company mm-hmm. is that right so you're working for the man and the man is you all right well mark mark's in the chat room mark could actually tell me a lot of this better than i could i think it's the here i'll tell you what let's let's see if we can bring mark in because let's do I, it, baby. I'll tell you what. See if Mark is... Get him willing, on the horn. Let's see if Mark's willing to take a call last minute. I don't, Actually, I don't see him on, chat, on Skype, so... Come on, Mark. Step up. Mark, We're come live, in. man. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's the corporation. The corporation is where I get that protection uh, as the corporation becomes the entity. So I don't see, know... This is why I didn't answer. He says know. he'll be on Skype in one minute. All right. So here's the deal, though. I, there, I, I believe I was told that if I had the S corp election, then I would actually be, you know, filing as a corporation, and and so I'm an LLC, a limited liability company, with an S corp election, which means I'm filing as as a as a corporation, and that's what gives me that that protection, that added protection. But I'll tell you what, we'll wait until Mark gets on here and tells us a little more, because because right. I I really don't know. I just I just did what the professionals told me to do, <laughs> which is a good idea. The only thing I, I can say this before Mark gets onto Skype and and we bring him on here, I do know this. One of the biggest thing that is a huge pain in the butt because of the way that I am set up is that my, because I am a I am actually filing it as an S corp and I'm an uh, S corp election and I have I'm kind of set up like through a corporate as a corporation paying taxes. The one thing that's a pain in the butt is that I pay myself as an employee. And I, as a business, have to match me as an employee, my own uh, social security, 
federal unemployment, you know, the unemployment and all this other stuff, I have to match so many different things. So I'm paying double taxes. But here's the thing from what I understood is that if I was a sole proprietor and I was working for myself, my understanding was that that being self-employed, that the percentage of taxes is even, you know, it's higher, that that there's a much higher tax bracket for being self-employed. So it was kind of a wash at the end. But uh, Scott, let's see, Mark's saying Skype me. So let's see if we can get him on the line here. And I know Mark's going to have some great answers. And of course, he just popped up to the top of the list. And we are going to do add to conference and uh, check this out. All right, Mark. Are you there? Hey, Cliff. Bring me one second. I'm going to have to mute your broadcast so we can talk on Skype. There we go. Got it. All right. So, Mark, straighten me out, man. Tell me what's going on here. Sole proprietor, I understand. What is an LLC? What's a limited liability company and what does it do for you? Well, it basically insulates you the same way that a corporation does uh, if you formed a regular corporation from liability created by employees or others. But uh, we're all responsible for ourselves, so it really doesn't make a lot of difference. If you're an employee of a company driving a company truck and you run a red light and you hit somebody, um, they have the right to sue your company because you're an employee there. Uh, But they also have the right to sue you because you're the driver. So the same thing applies. If you're on the air and you do something that that uh, is actionable you do that as an individual it's just that the company you work for would be insulated they would only be able to lose whatever assets they had available under an llc setting okay okay i'm getting a little bit of feedback i'm going to mute while i'm talking and then i'll unmute when i when i bring you back on but uh the question i have is is where do i get any kind of legal protection of my own personal belongings my own assets if i do something on behalf of my business is is there any protection no you can't protect your own when i say protect there are a lot of things you can do to protect yourself but you cannot escape personal liability for your own actions that's simply just not available to us in the United States. So whether you're acting as an officer of a corporation or an employee of a corporation, if you do harm to somebody else, whatever that harm might be, whether it's in a physical injury or an injury to the reputation, you're personally responsible for that. What corporations do is they allow the shareholders of the company or the owners of the corporation or the members of an LLC to limit their liability when that liability is caused by something called respondeat superior, which is a phrase that just basically means I'm liable because my employee's liable. It allows the owners or the members or the shareholders of a company to be insulated from liability for the actions of their employees. The employee is always responsible, as would an officer of the corporation be responsible uh, in the event that they were charged with some misconduct on their own personal behalf. Hmm. So, so if I am the, if, if, I mean, in my situation here, I, I understand it, that I am, I am the employer, I'm the employee, uh, and, and pretty much everything is me. So, so really what is my benefit of being an LLC? Well, your benefits are that you're allowed to do some things like pay yourself health care, provide a car, uh, write off some of your expenses under the auspices of the LLC. There are some tax benefits, but in terms of legal liability for Cliff Ravenscraft to be an LLC, if the liability that's sought to be imposed upon you 
is for your own actions, you can't escape that. You can't. There's no benefit to being a corporation or an LLC if you do something yourself. All right. And what's the difference between having just a limited liability company and what and and, and an S corp election? Okay, uh, an S corp election is available. It's a, it's basically a, an IRS status that allows you to pass through uh, to your own personal return the profits and liabilities of the company. An S-Corp status is just an IRS status. It doesn't have anything more to do with your corporation than, than how, how you're taxed. So it allows you to pass through to your personal tax return your profits, and it allows you to pass through to your personal tax return some of the deductions allowable to the corporation. Instead of having to file a corporate tax return and pay taxes at the corporate level and then pay yourself a dividend on your in on your personal return and then pay taxes on that dividend a second time kind of helps you avoid double taxation gotcha well i i i only halfway understand some of what you just said but uh it it certainly makes a whole lot more sense now when i actually consider that my cpa has been doing when he does my taxes he's doing my 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 business taxes and my personal taxes at the same time, and and I always had this weird thing. It's like, what what does he mean that? Don't worry about that. That that'll be calculated, and you know, we'll, we'll take care of that. That'll be wiped out when I do your personal side. Side. Yes. On the on the liability thing, if you got a minute still, or you, you're yeah. getting ready to take a break. No. Go ahead. On the li- on the liability thing, just think about it. If you're driving down the street and you run a red light and you t-bone somebody in the intersection, you can't jump out and go, "Ha ha, I'm not responsible because I'm an LLC." But maybe, but maybe because I because I'm an LLC and I'm an employee of my company, and I was actually going out to get uh, lunch for the rest of the you know staff, you know the Ravenscraft Enterprises LLC here, and I was on on the work that could actually be a workers' uh, comp liability. Uh, so so I could actually pay for my own medical expenses through workers' comp. Then absolutely, there are those are some of the little benefits of being a corporation. You can get. Uh, a car, you can get medical benefits, you can get uh, uh, employment tax withheld. Uh, there are a lot of different little kind of financial benefits. The big benefit of being an LLC or a corporation is it insulates the owner from the actions of others who are employees. But um, we, d- we don't have the ability in this country to escape liability for our own actions, which is a good thing. Gotcha. And Well, the thing is, though, is also, at you, and you had mentioned it before, is, is there are some some, you know, some abilities, like, for example, I, you know, I I was told that it's okay to, you know, I can't go, I I, I was told that I could go out and take a a client out to lunch and uh, the business is allowed to deduct the cost of the client, but not myself. But if the business was to have like a, an official business meeting and we brought lunch in that that kind of stuff could be covered as a deduction. And so there's some kind of things like that, that are still a benefit of being a a, a corporation or an LLC. And those are definitely the kinds of things that are better addressed by a tax expert. I don't profess to be a tax expert. Don't even do my own taxes. But I am a lawyer, and uh, and I and I play one on the radio too. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. And and by the way, folks, go check out marcuscarry.com. M a r c u s c a r e y dot com. Marcuscarry.com. Thank you, Mark. Anytime, Cliff. Great show. All right. Thanks. All right, so he'll hang up there. Okay, Andy, are you back? I'm here. All right, so I don't know if that answers your questions, uh, Wayne, but uh, there you go. Some some further information. Certainly, 
helped me to clarify some things. Like I told you, I, I warned people I could be completely wrong, and it seems that I was. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, fair enough. All right, moving along, we've got another question here or a comment or something from Stephanie. Stephanie, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Stephanie from Allen, Texas. Um, I have some questions about Google. Um, I know that you use Google Chrome for a whole lot of stuff whenever it comes to your email and your filtering and um, your business calendars and things like that. Um, I have a Droid phone, much to my demise. I used to have an iPhone and long story, had to go to Verizon. Anyways, um, so what the calendar that links to this is a Google calendar, not um, an iCal. So I'm thinking that I need to switch everything over to Google as opposed to my Yahoo account, which I'm not real crazy about anyways, my Yahoo account. Um, so I just wanted to know basically what's the easiest way to convert everything over. And if you could just kind of give some feedback on how Google works really well for someone who's never used it before other than a search engine, who's never used that, you know, Gmail account and um, the calendars and the syncing and all the different things. I know you've talked a little bit about um, how there are ways in Google where someone can go in and create their own appointment with you if you've set that up, made that a permission. Um and that you've got all these amazing ways to filter your email um, and store it and archive it and things like that in ways that you achieve inbox zero um, on a daily basis. So, or at least strive to do that on a daily basis. I have faith in you. So um, any feedback that you have on this would be greatly appreciated. Or if there's a ton of feedback about this already, or I'm sorry, not feedback, information about this already, um, in your podcast and I just haven't dug through the archives enough to find it, please refer me to that so that you don't have to repeat yourself. I'd be happy to um, listen to your expertise that you've already recorded. Thank you so much. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much. Um, Andy, luckily we have archives. Yeah, we got, you got some listening to do, sister. You got <laughs> lots of here to listen to, which is awesome. It's a great, it's a great question and it, one that comes up often. It is. It is. And and I, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the idea of moving to Google. I think I personally, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I'm I'm completely sold out on Google, and and I personally have a a, a huge distaste for Yahoo Mail. Um, every time I, I think it's crazy. Well, I won't say the organization that emails me, but they email me all the time, and it is a religious organization. And all the questionable ads that are in the signature of their emails is just uh, at times laughable, if not downright despicable. But anyway, um, yeah, Yahoo Mail. Not I'm not a fan, uh, although it works. But uh, Google, I think you're gonna. I think you'll like it. Um, here are the things I'm gonna tell you to do. Uh, check out Business Tech Weekly episode number four. That's all about Google Docs. Episode number six of Business Tech Weekly, Google Voice. And episode number 20 of Business Tech Weekly, Google Mail. Uh, those, those three episodes, four, six, and 20, are definitely going to help you out in, a, I think, a pretty big way of, of giving you some insights into the way of Google. Now, I think we did like a, you know, the top 10 portions or top 10 tools or something like that. Mm-hmm. Top, it was a uh, top 10 tech tools for web-based businesses, episode 31. And uh, Google was definitely had many of those. It was those. like 3, 7, 12, which we know. It was all of them. 
It was all of them at one, I think. I think one was a Mac. So <laughs> exactly. So and and I'm pretty sure we would have talked about Google Calendar there. But the, here's the deal: is um, you know, it, it, all you need to do is go to gmail.com and set up an account. And yeah. when you're set up with gmail.com, um, uh, then you have calendar access and everything as well. It, it's very simple. As far as the easiest way to transition things over, I don't know if there's a tool. I, well, I, I'm certain there are tools. If you just do Google search for, um, uh, you know, iCal to, I mean, that's a big question she had is how does she connect? I think what she used to have an iCal, but I, you know, I don't know if she's trying to connect or if she just wants to switch completely. She wants to switch is, is, is yeah. what I got. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there there yeah, would be that's some a different tools. question. So yeah, there's tools out there for for shifting stuff out of one calendar into the other. So she's not going to have to re-enter everything. I do want to point her to to my tutorial on becoming a Google Master or Gmail Master, which you can get at andytribe.com/free, and uh, there's a Google Voice one there as well. But it's I think it's like almost an hour long on basically how I set up my inbox and all the sort of just understanding Gmail because it is it's it's a different way of looking at at email and man, I'll tell you, they just keep, they keep adding these little tweaks, like with the multiple inbox that, that, uh, you, you didn't like, but now use, you know, there's all these different ways that you can really customize, um, Gmail, uh, because they keep adding to the service. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of tools out there, but I, I think that she's making a great decision by moving out, especially if she has an Android phone because they really built it in to be pretty seamless, uh, yeah. with, with Google. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think you're going to love it. I, spe- I mean, it, it's if, with an Android phone, there's no question. It's just going to make your life so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and when you actually get down to understanding the, the, the benefits of just archiving and never deleting a message, ah, oh, golden. Oh, and spam. Oh, you, you won't have to worry what? about spam. What's, what's spam? I, it's, it's this thing. I, I don't know. It, go back to like eight years ago and, and, and ask me. That's I haven't seen it since then. It's pretty great. All right. So let's go on to uh, Dallin uh, Christensen, I think, who emailed us or voicemail. Hi, Cliff and Andy. This is Dallin Christensen from Bettendorf, Iowa and www.dallinc.com with a tip for the Business Tech Weekly podcast. I run across a new service called Nudge Mail, and that's at nudgemail.com, N-U-D-G-E-M-A-I-L.com. And this is a service that I think people could test out. It's in free beta service right now. And what you do is send an email to a nudgemail.com email address and it automatically gives you a reminder based on the address that you send it to. For example, a couple of weeks ago, I went with my family to an event and I sent a reminder to noon at nudgemail.com with the parking ramp location of my vehicle. We were there a couple of hours, and when noon came, I received an email on my phone that provided me with the exact location of where my car was. Maybe not something that people would use as a primary reminder service or content management system, but something that might be worth looking into for people who are just getting started, don't necessarily want to have a CRM system set up just yet, and it may be a good secondary source. So interested to hear what your guys' thoughts are on that. Love the show and look forward to your feedback. Thanks. Dallin, thank you so much. Have you ever heard of Nudge Mail, Andy? You know, Dallin uh, sent me a note about it and uh, in the past. And to be honest, it was just a, one of those other services that I think I was, I was in my <laughs> early adoption overload. So I, I, didn't, I didn't jump into it uh, and, and check it out for myself. 
You know, I've, I've heard a lot about these kind of services and the idea, matter of fact, I think even Google Calendar has the ability for me to email it certain things to add to the calendar. And, and just, I just can't imagine myself training my, I, I, I think if I had to add things a lot via email and, and I didn't want to just go to my calendar on my phone and add it as a, as an event, maybe mm-hmm. I would be able to learn all of these, you know, noon and 2 p.m. and, and how to get the place and location all configured right in the subject line versus this and that. And I, for me, it's just so much easier to just say, you know what, I, I need to set a reminder on my phone or, or something like that. But, you know, I, I, I hate poo-pooing technology like this because, it, I mean, obviously, Dallin says he's using it and it's working for him for certain mm-hmm. things. And, and uh, you know, our, our job here is to to tell people of other options of different things. And I, I'm just going to say... Um, it's one of those things like, like multiple inboxes. It just doesn't sound interesting or appealing to me at all, but who knows? I I, I can't imagine not having multiple inboxes today. And, uh, if I don't know if I'll ever check out nudgemail.com N-U-D-G-E-mail.com. Right. But, uh, there you go, folks. If you want to go check it out, it's the easiest way to send yourself reminders. It says, there you go. And there's a couple things that I do that if folks don't know about this, a couple things that I do to create, uh, and there's a, I can send actually a text message to a Google um, email address. Yeah, I, I text it, but I, you can text email addresses. So I send, um, like for instance, if, I, if we move the show time, I could say BTW Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Uh, and I could send it to a text message address, or I'm sorry, an email address, and it would add it to my Google Calendar. So I can text to create events. So the only time, honestly, I use it really consistently is, uh, and I get my hair cut every seven weeks or something like that. And she says, do you want the little card? I'm like, I don't want the card. I'll lose it or, you know, whatever, whatever. I'll just, it's, it's trash. So I send myself a note uh, or a text message to that email and it automatically adds to my calendar. So that's my, that's my nudge, if you will. Right. Um, and beyond that, you can, and, and this is for Stephanie, if you're still listening, who called in earlier about Google Calendar, you can have, uh, and for every event in your Google Calendar, you can have it send you an email uh, a day before, a week before, five minutes before, whatever, an email notification. And I believe it will also send a text message to a number that you designate. Yeah. Uh, so th- those are some options to be notified or reminded of something. Well, not only that, but you can set up the five reminders for every calendar item. So, for example, if I have, let's say, I need to be, I'm going to be at a client's place of business at 3 p.m. next Friday, I don't normally go off-site. And so right. it'd be easy for me to forget something like that. So I can actually set tell it to send me an email a day before. I can mm-hmm. tell it to send me an email 10 hours before. And that way it's there the first thing I wake up that morning. I can send, tell it to send me a pop-up message three hours before. And mm-hmm. I can tell it to send me a text message, um, you know, uh, an hour before and 45 minutes before. And that way, by golly, 45 minutes before that meeting, I should certainly know that I need to leave this house so that I can be there in 30 minutes at my client's place of business. Yeah, I know that sounds a little OCD, but uh, yeah, I do that. That's, that's me. That's my life. Live, deal deal with it, people. That many, but uh, you know, they don't I, have to deal with it. You do, you, your wife has to deal with it. So exactly. Well, it's, I only do that for like like crazy stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, 
I, I, my consulting calls, I do actually use pop-ups. Um, I, I do a pop-up, uh, two minutes before the call and a pop-up 30 minutes before the call for every, for every consulting appointment that I have. And actually I don't do that. My assistant does all that for me. Yeah. Is cool. All right. Hey, two more voicemails. Can we, you think we can squeeze them in or you got to go Andy? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Howard Shepard, take it away. Hey, Cliff and Andy, this is Howard Shepard from the Life Beyond the Assembly Line podcast, and I was listening to Business Tech Weekly like I do faithfully every week, plus membership rocks, okay? Anyway, um, Cliff, you mentioned MindMeister a couple times. I know you've been using that, and I'm wondering, have you checked out iThoughts HD for iPad? That's something I've been using for a while, and it was a one-time purchase, and, uh, you know, and that was it. I think isn't MindMeister a monthly service, so... Just wanted to know if you knew about it, if you checked it out. I love it. The people that I've showed it to uh, seem to also like it. And I love how it converts my mind maps to outline form as well if the need arises. So anyway, just uh, wanted to see if you knew about that, what your thoughts were. Keep going uh, the way you're going, guys. It's an awesome show, and I never miss an episode. So thanks. Take care. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Howard. And I thought HD. I looked at it. Um, I didn't buy it, but I looked at it and I actually went to the site and, or went to YouTube and saw some videos of people showing it off. And it looks very similar to the MindMeister application that I have. Hmm. And so uh, it looks like it does about the same thing. Um, and, and it looks like it would be it would be a great uh, mind mapping piece of software. Yeah, um, I, I like the outline conversion. I yep. think a lot of people, you know, they're used to sort of the non-mind map setup where it's more of a traditional outline. So that conversion is nice. Absolutely. So I, I think it, it looks great. Um, I What I like about MindMeister is that it actually syncs, you know, to the web version. And the web version is what I use most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the fact that, you know, I can pull up the application and it goes out and pulls the most recent data off of the site. So that that's really what drew me into MindMeister. But yeah, I thought... HD, it looks just as good uh, as far as uh, its ability to map your mind. <laughs> All right. Sounds really intimidating. All right. Here, here's the deal. We got one more uh, question, actually. It comes in from John. This came in a long time ago, but I think it's fitting for the last episode of the year. John. Yeah, Cliff, this is, from, this is John from Indiana. Uh, would like to hear yours and Andy's thoughts on um, how you set goals and plans for your next year for your business and maybe how you walk through them for with your wives, maybe even how you preset goals. and Just like to hear your thoughts and appreciate all your content. Bye. All right. Well, thank you, John. And, uh, you know, it is that time of year where normally I would tell you that I would have my goals in place for the new year. Um, yeah, so would I. Uh, last year, I, I, I made a goal for myself. Uh, one, one of my primary goals was that my the business itself would have a monthly income of uh, $10,000 a month, uh, you know, gross income. Uh, and, or, or, yeah, gross income. And uh, that's what I was looking for. And I hit that probably all, I mean, I was only $100 shy of that two or three months. And hit it every month this uh, this year, which basically was about four thousand dollars a month gro- more gross income than the average uh, the year before. So, so by setting that goal for myself, I uh, definitely put in my mind that I could achieve it, and I just simply made plans to make it a reality. 
And uh, also, thanks to the blessings of God for uh, you know making it a reality as well, it happened. Uh, now, I will tell you. Normally, I would have I would have goals in for 2011 in place, and I have just struggled with that like you would not believe. In fact, if you want to know the full story, go to pursuingabalancedlife.com, listen to episode number 483 first, then listen to episode 484, and you'll understand why I have not made any goals for 2011 yet. And it's not because I don't want to, not because I haven't tried, but for some reason, I just have a complete mental block that's keeping me from from making goals. Uh, and, and I really have, after today, I have full confidence that on January 2nd, um, look out world, here I come. I don't know what that means, but that, that, that's just where I'm at right now. And, and, and that sounds really weird and hokey and, and I understand that. But if you listen to those two episodes, I think you'll get a feeling for, for where I'm at on that. Normally I would make goals because I, I think that if you don't set goals for yourself, you know, how can you achieve them? And, um, and if you don't plan, you plan to fail, blah, 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 all that stuff. But for some reason, um, well, and I will tell you the reason I I feel like for some reason I need to, to, uh, put my complete faith and trust in God to provide me what I need when the new new year arrives this year That, that last year, I felt like I made the goals and I achieved them, blah, blah, blah. Not necessarily true. I believe God helped me achieve all of those things, but, uh, I think this year I'm I'm trusting in God on January second because I'm taking the first off, but on January second, look out! Um, I, I believe that that's when my inspiration will come, and I think that the inspiration will be flowing like crazy, and plans will be made. Well, I hope I'm with you because I haven't made mine either because I feel like I'm I feel like I have I need about three more weeks to finish up 2010, which is going to be hard because it's December 30th, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's things to do. And, uh, you know, I was listening, I, I haven't listened to Dave Ramsey in literally years, but I was listening to him yesterday. And he was talking about, you know, tips on setting goals and, um, you know, you know, make them measurable, make them more about yourself and your own motivation versus I'm going to do this for my wife or my family, because if you can't motivate yourself, then it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, cause the one time your, your wife makes you mad, you're going to quit your goal, <laughs> you know, cause you did it for her instead of you. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really feel like there's, uh, there's space and time to set goals after the new year. And maybe I'm just saying that because I need it. <laughs> but uh, but that's, that's a reality for me. There's, there's, there's work for me to do towards the end of the year. But how I set them is, uh, I think the, the biggest thing about setting goals for me, Cliff, is they have to be uh, bigger than me. Yeah. You know, if, if it's stuff that I can do, then there's no faith required. There's no stretching. Uh, God is not involved. Um, you know, other people are not involved. So whether it's collaboration or, uh, you know, maybe making a goal of how much I can give away as a business instead of how much I can make. I mean, there's it's all kinds of different things you can do, but I think definitely make them measurable, uh, share them with other people, write them down, um, you know, make them real in that regard and, and, um, and then get after it. I like, I like that. You make a goal of how much I can give away as a business. That, that's yeah. uh, that's wow. That's interesting. Hmm. I'm gonna have to ponder that one. So because I, I haven't done any goal setting. So well, exactly, and and it's weird. It, it, this this is out of line for me. I've been I've been doing this business now for three full years, and this is the first year at the end of the month where I don't have plans in place for the next year. 
but at a, at the same time, um, I don't think that that's a lazy thing on my part. I, I think that that I've been led not not that this is going to be an annual thing, but for this for this year, especially this month, at this time in my life, I, I feel like I just need to sit back and and relax, to pray, to to trust God, and and see what happens. Hey, you got a tech purchase you bro- you you recently made. I wasn't paying attention. I was playing with my new iPod. What did you say? What do you got? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just got a new iPod Touch, and it. Uh, and the main reason is my wife um, keeps her iPad at home pretty much all day, every day. So that's her main computer. So I have all these apps for my business that I would like to use and wanted to use, and just haven't been using them very much. So got an iPod Touch with some Christmas money, and uh, got a uh, Skull Candy case, and I'm rocking it. I love it. I use it to, to make phone calls and. Uh, with the Google Voice Skype combination that I have, and I've got the LastPass app uh, raring, raring, ready to go on that. So, digging it, digging it big time. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, my friends, there you go. That is the final episode of Business Tech Weekly for 2010. We'll be back next week with uh, maybe some goals. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to put any pressure on ourselves, but I have a feeling I'll probably have some goals by then. Sweet, thanks. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm trusting that there'll be some inspiration that's coming around the bend. All right. I'll trust too. All right, folks. Uh, this is a free episode of Business Tech Weekly. If you want an episode every single week, we would love to deliver one to you. Just become a GSPN.TV Plus member. You get an episode every week of this show, plus every episode of every podcast we produce here at GSPN.TV. That's about eight episodes a week at least. At least. So go check it out, uh, gspn.tv slash plus. And of course, you got to hear from so many wonderful people, Wayne, Stephanie, Dallin, Howard, and John. We want to hear from you. Give us a call, 859-795-4067. Until next year, join the community.